the first in a united competition since 18 what an outstanding, polished performance. Our boys looked amazing last night. Sure, there was a little drop-off in the second half, and then we went straight back to it. What a night for Roosters Radio. What a night indeed, Bush. Speaking of nights, what about tonight? We've got the one and only coach, Trent Robinson, joining us on Roosters Radio. And something a little bit different, Bush. We're going back to the fans, but this time an important fan, Arthur Zaneros. He's the CEO of ACFS Port Logistics, former jumper sponsor when we won the comp in 2013. And he's the sponsor, a player sponsor, of the one and only man of the moment, James Tedesco. Yes, and a fellow Roosters tragic and a great guy to boot. Silky, uh, let's get straight to it. Well, James Tedesco. I've got some stats for you, Bush, if you don't mind me. Of course. Three tries, two try assists, 222 run metres and eight tackle busts. Now, I'm not a super coach player, but I hear he's broke the record. Well, there you go. He's not only broke the record, there's more laptops getting repaired today after t- his performance last night than anywhere in Apple stores. I can tell you, mate, it was the most polished performance. A highlight and a note for mine is not just that, but the way the whole squad galvanised and backed each other up. To a man, there were five roosters and maybe two or three bulldogs. Every time we appeared to make a break, every time someone scored, all you saw was roosters' jerseys. Yeah, that, it was a, that was impressive. It, it was a dominant performance. Look, they said in the commentary it was 24-0, I believe, at half-time, but it, it, it looked more, it looked and felt more like 40. Just on Teddy's stats as well, Bush, he ran the ball 21 times. He had two line breaks, five line break assists, and, and four offloads. That, those numbers are just astronomical. And I've run out of superlatives. It was just an unbelievable performance. Yeah, and, and thank God he's a rooster. I mean, the way, as I said, he stepped that... He stepped the ball on the player, caught it and run through. What that about gap. that play? The backup play, the way he just, you know, as you said, threaded the needle as well with the par- uh, bullet pass and, and so did... Flick onto Toops. Yeah, so did Flano. He, he, he did everything. He did everything. And rightfully so, there's a lot of other great roosters to mention. Let me uh, say from the outset... Sookie, I actually thought Canterbury made a good account of themselves. I thought they really bring it to the Roosters. I think they're a bit underdone with, you know, some of their players. You know, thank God they had Kieran Foran at five eight, but they just didn't appear a match for the for the Roosters. We blew night. them off the park. We did. We we blew them off the park. It looked like it was going to be a train wreck. Um, you know, going into half time, you, you thought it could have been another repeat scoreline like it was against the Broncos. We came out of the second half a little bit tardy. I think we'll, we'll, we'll ask Trent Robinson about that on tonight's show, but I did watch his press conference and, uh, you know, there's a few errors that crept in early in that second half, but towards the back end of the second half, they clicked back into gear and uh, they scored a few more tries, which was promising. Yeah, it almost looked like in that second half when we were at, we were actually trying too hard, pushing the ball too much, and then we seemed to get back into what I consider to be our new rooster gear, the gear that we play in. The up-tempo style of football, 
uh, the way that they're hitting the line, the way that Jake Friend's carrying the ball out of dummy half, the quickness of the play, the ball. Lindsay Collins, I mean, he gets to his feet within milliseconds of being tackled. There's so much to like to be a rooster. Last night, Jared Weir Hargraves, one of our great leaders, our, our, our alpha male is rested. But if you didn't know, you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? The Morris twins, I mean, there's so much to like. Angus Crichton, absolute standout last night. Uh, post-interview, he talks about rooster style of footy. I want to touch on that with Coach Robinson. And uh, it just made me really intrigued to be a Roosters fan and sit here and say, wow, you know, we watch our boys go every week. We support them, rain, hail or shine. But what a polished performance. It must be a great time for them to be galvanised as a team. What stood out for you the most? Or what impressed you the most? Just the tempo. I just, yeah. I just couldn't believe how quick the rugby league... Uh, you know, I've got friends of mine who said, oh, mate, I'll go and watch AFL now. I'm done with league. It's too structured. He's a local uh, truck driver. And, mate, he says to me, mate, I'm back in the game. The excitement of the rule changes, the way the Roosters are playing. He said, that's what footy's about. He goes, I want my young guy who's playing Bondi United, your club, to watch the Roosters game, and that's how he's got to play football. Pick a player and try to play like him. I love that. It's bringing the fans back. We can't go to the games, but it's bringing the excitement back. I sat there last night, no interruptions, watching that game like nothing else, and I've been doing it with other games over the weekend because of the style of footy. Kyle Flanagan, for me, is really coming of age. It's a bit early to start throwing a lot of praise on him because uh, this weekend will be a litmus test up against uh, young Moses. But look, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I really am. He's, he's not overplaying his hand. He's getting great support from Kiri and uh, Victor Radley. And he's just choosing the right time. That support play for that second try where Bemoz has run up the sideline yep. and the flick pass in, that's just support play. That play in itself... In the replay, there was four or five Roosters jumpers to the one Bulldogs. You, you were just talking about it early. It was as if we had more players on the park. It, it did look like it. It looked like 20 on 13, you know. And, and I've got to be honest with you, the one thing that's impressed me about uh, young Kyle Flanagan is his defence has gone to a new yeah. level. Like he, you know, he, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, when you see a halfback, when I think of great halves defence, I think of Jeff Toovey and Andrew Johns, probably the two of the best defenders in, in rugby league. Flanagan's not at that category but yet, but he's only young. But his defence has been outstanding. Over 100 points in two games. I think it's 120-something to, to 12 or 18. Uh, you know, your thoughts, what's impressed you from an attack and a defence? The attack is just as slick as anything. They're turning the ball inside. Silky, we always, we're not rugby league experts. We don't profess to be. We are absolute Roosters fans. Um, we're of the fans, by the fans and for the fans. But from our experience, having a look at that side, go to a new level. What's impressed me is... Everyone talks about they've gone back-to-back, can do a three-peat. I know that Robbo hates that sort of question and is not even interested in entertaining it. I'm with him. I don't think so. I just think we're just enjoying our footy. What's impressed me is every player out there looks like they're playing for each other. They've got a new lease of life. It looks like they're playing in the park with no money, no pressure, and no worries. Yet they've got TV rights and all these different things. Newspapers come at them. They look like a schoolboy side. Bush, I've got to say, I watched uh, Matty Johns' commentary during the halftime break, yep. and he talked about the footwork of the Roosters. He said a lot of these clubs talk about you know structure and the like. If you look at some of our players, like in particular Satili Tupanua's run through the middle, the footwork that he that he showed, uh, it was great that our sister station, the Matty Johns Show, uh, commented on that because it really brought it to my attention. And if you if you watch, concentrate on watching the, the tries that we've scored, particularly from the forwards, look at the footwork. Uh, not only that, Silky. I mean, you talk about one of our Roosters Radio favourites here. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, Siwatakia. He's another. His footwork when he gets the ball. Yeah. He off. Isaac lose the same. Isaac lose amazing. They, they well, I call it hot footing. They uh, hot foot the opposition, and they seem to get momentum. 
and then it creates an overlap or it creates a man coming in. It's really, really amazing. And then the firebrand who runs at a million miles an hour, Lindsay Collins. I was loving how they just kept kicking off to to that side of the field and he just kept hitting it up straight into Dylan Napper. The contact, like the, the, the beauty of not having a crowd there is you hear the, the contact the and there were some really heavy collisions in, the, in those kickoff returns. Yeah, well, Silky, there's lots to love about being a rooster, but we're going to talk about all that and more about the great success of our team with none other than our coach, Trent Robinson. We've opened it up today to the fans. We've got some great questions. We've got questions from all over the world, which proves we got told Roosters Radio's going global, baby. We're there. We've got questions from The Hague, questions from Holland. The UK. Local questions, the United Kingdom. They're coming in thick and fast, and we're going to ask Robbo all that and more right after this. Well, Roosters fans, we promised it and we deliver it. There's not many bigger names in our club right now than our leader. And we've had some great leaders of the past. Right now, Roosters fans, he's at the top of his game. He's been there for a while and we promised we'd get him on for some serious questions. We've put it over the fans, Silky, and the fans have responded beautifully. Tonight, we want to welcome, for the first time in 2020, our fearless leader, our coach, the Governor, Trent Robinson. (laughs) Welcome to Roosters Radio, Robbo. Thanks, guys. How are we? We're well, mate. We're well. We're, uh, as you know, Silky and I, off the back off uh, of your hospitality and generosity in the World Club Challenge, you're probably that and COVID tipping the scales a bit more than we'd like to, but, geez, we're happy, Roosters. <laughs> yeah, good start. Good start back. I think we've uh, had a fair few questions on um, us getting back into it, uh, but boys enjoyed the break. They train well, uh, and they love being back together, so I think that's the footy that we're seeing. Yeah, and, and Robbo, you know, in this interview, we handed it to the fans and, and we asked the fans, uh, you know, to come up with some, some great questions and they have and we, we vetted them and Benny DePolice has asked... Um, well, it sounds like we've got a couple of little uh, aspiring musicians in the background, Robbo. <laughs> I think the young ones have... Uh... <laughs> they've, uh, they've got their harmonica out. Oh, wow. Well, it's just a nightly uh, thing at the at the Robinson household. Well, well, I, Robert, I, I was hoping it was a piano accordion because I've seen many of them along the other uh, streets of uh, Paris. I, I was just going to say, with your French uh, abilities and a piano accordion, you'd make a great club of gypsies. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, that's how Sandra keeps in touch with France each night. Yeah, beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, Robbo... <laughs> Uh, the fans have asked the questions tonight, and we've handed the uh, Roosters Radio Show to the fans for our coach. And Benny DePolice has hit us off with a really, really interesting question, mate. We know you're uh, an intellectual man, you're a learned man, and he said, COVID time, the impact, the scramble, is there a, a time in the club's history when you can reflect where there's a similarity with our culture, uh, with the community, with what's happened with COVID? Could it be wartime? Could it be some of our darkest days? I mean, COVID brings some real struggles, and you seem to lead us through it well. Is there a time you can remember that compares? Yeah, when it comes to uh, the competition, obviously nothing would have compared to wartime um, in the First and Second World War there. Um, uh, I don't know, like even going back as far as the Spanish flu in 1919, I think whether they uh, had to keep playing during that time as well when it sort of took out about a million Australians, I think, as well. So. Mm. 
look, in, in you know, the last 50 years, um, even in life, I don't think we've seen something that, that stopped uh, the world, let alone stopped little old rugby league. So, um, but it was, yeah, it was just a, by the end of those first two rounds, you know, the world was changing and it stopped becoming about um, just the, the weekend's game. It started, like, everybody wasn't sure how we were going to, how the world was going to react and what happened was going to happen in Australia. So what fear often takes place of, you know, your daily routine and that happened. Um, yep. And then that happened sort of the first week or two of isolation and then a bit of growth started happening in individuals and people around about, hang on, what, what do I really want to do? What's important to me? How do I want to live my life? All of that type of thing, and we, and that's what we did. We gave a bit of space for the guys to think about that, reflect on that, um, and then they started to get the real drive to train well. So, yeah, bizarre times, but also there's some real positives that have come out of it as well. Robbo, speaking of positives, I've heard people talking about there's been plenty of upside during COVID. And I suppose for a, for a rugby league coach like yourself with a young family. Uh, the opportunity to spend some quality time with your kids away from football, you, you don't get these opportunities, you know, for six, seven, eight months of the year. That must have been special. Very, very special. I've got three young kids. So, um, and with Sandra, just, just to hang out at home and and getting your routine about at home, homeschooling, um, hanging out with Sandra and the kids. Um, uh, and I absolutely loved it. Absolutely in love. Usually when you're taking a break, you're trying to take off somewhere on a holiday to, but just to spend time at home, help the kids with school, um, and think about your footy as well, uh, think about your relationships, all of that was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great time. And Robbo, you're a learned man and always, you know, trying to self-improve. Was there any reading or what, what do you spend some time doing? I actually saw you walking around the hills of Clovelly and around the Semi a couple of times, but did you take anything up? Practice a guitar, maybe a harmonica, perhaps. <laughs> Not quite the harmonica, but um, just I read a lot, so um, was able to sort of get into a pretty good routine daily. Um, you know the, the usual things, the, the sort of the home gyms and um, and time for the schooling, but then time for uh, even just walking uh, with Sandra and the kids each day, or going for a bike ride. The streets were bare, so being able to get the kids out on bikes like it was 30 years ago was good. And um, and then, yeah, just you know, what happens in the coaching world, I guess people would know, you take it for granted, but a, a lot of coaches around the world start hooking up and sharing info. Yeah. So we were on different Zoom calls with uh, people in the UK, um, some some people in um, New Zealand, in Ireland, um, just coaches sharing wow. information and, and time. It was uh, it was a big time for, for what we call PD, sort of personal development time in coaching. And how is Pep Guardiola going? Yeah, Pep's good. He says to say hello. To the, uh, <laughs> the, well, you the saw the video. <laughs> you saw the videos, Robbo. They're, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're videos anyway. Yeah. I don't know if they're real. Yeah, how is Bush and Silk? <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah, they, um, no, they, they, uh, you know, a big rugby league, uh, guy, Andy Farrell. Yep. So, you know, a, a, a legend who's coaching a Ireland legend. now. It was good to, um, catch up with, 
a guy like him a few times and chat about footy and um, that type of thing. But there was a lot. Uh, and so that's what we did. Uh, you would have had, you know, we all had Zoom calls uh, coming out of the you-know-where during that time. Mm. But we, like there was a lot of coaching. Every second day there was some 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 learnings there. Robbo, on that note, it segues into a, a great question. What did you actually learn about yourself personally and what did you learn about your playing group? Uh, yeah, the personal bits were... Um, so what happens is when you're in the middle of a... Well, you're, you're, you're in the middle of your job, you can only look at it... You, it it's, you, you, what you end up looking is... All you do is look at it from close up. You're in the middle of it, you look at the details, you're working day to day... But it gave you the ability, what the off-season does is give you the ability to um, stand back and look at it from a distance and you get a wider view of your team or club. Mm. And what it did was, I was able to do that after the year, um, but then it also gave one a couple of rounds in to be able to do that. You're allowed to stand back, have a wider view, uh, and then also... Um, you know, predict what the future may look like, what you need to adjust here or there. Um, and that was the benefit of that. Uh, and also, I think it's exactly the same thing with your life. You know, you've you constantly got a routine, day-to-day work, yep. you know, whether it's work, family, exercise, you know, the, the usual groundhog day that we live through. And what it allowed us to do was to step back and have, have a wider view of our life and the world and say, hang on, what, how do I want it to look? Yeah, nice. Robbo, another byproduct of COVID was the rule changes. And uh, Chaffbag has a question. He wants to know how much work went into responding to the rule changes when it comes to your strategy, fitness, interchange, etc. Well, we we targeted the fitness really well um, during the break. Um, as I said, we didn't over-talk. Um, we just uh, had a good training program. Um, so it was great from the staff during the, the break. And the boys did that individually. And we let them do some of their own stuff as well. Uh, and then when we came back, the rule change was, what, nine days before our first game? Yeah, um, it was. And, and I think it might have been the Tuesday night they had a they had a meeting. So Wednesday morning, we walked straight back in and as a staff and team, we sat down and we went through it. We just discussed it with the leadership group. The leadership group presented it to the players Um and, you know, we knew we did that well uh, to the rule changes. Um, but then we also had to, yeah, we all discussed it, all pros, cons, what we needed to do. And then from that day on, from the day after it got, um, it got changed, we, we, we moved towards our job of trying to master that rule as well. Robert, your coaching style often gets referred to as uh, very modern, uh, you know, very intuitive, uh, you know, by, by many reports. I guess the way we started the year in the first two games compared to how we're playing now seems a bit like chalk and cheese. And, and do you sort of see that reflection yourself? Is there anything you've done differently because it just looks like a different team? Oh, look, there's there's no doubt that um, I would never change it. I'll always go overseas and play the World Club Challenge games um, and, and come back in a certain way. But there's some layover of that. Um, the yeah, there's definite layover of, of the energy demand. So we were ready to play the style of footy we're playing now. Um, after a few rounds, we just had to get some energy back from the trip, and um, uh, and that's what 
that's what we did the year before. Um, so there's no difference in our team or, or ourselves. Um, I think we I think we use the time wisely, but we haven't changed strategy um, based on that. We were we were just getting our energy back those first couple of rounds, and we would have kicked into gear as we do. Yeah, and and that's evident. I asked this of Luke Keary last week. Does this beg the question? that we need to rest our players more? Do we need to shorten rounds? Because the quality of football across the board, Roosters are certainly, uh, you know, shining the light there, but all teams, the quality of football seems to, the break seems to have benefited everyone. Is there an argument there, Robo, to treat them a bit more like the racehorses that they are, the supreme athletes, and maybe give them that rest? Because you can see the difference. Well, Kiri would have said yes, yeah. without a doubt. He, there's no doubt he would yeah, have. Yeah, we, we, um, world's worst tradesman, by the way, <laughs> according to Victor. Yeah, I've reflected on some of the things about pre-seasons, how they should look. I think um, the length of the season is dictated by uh, the TV rights deals and how much content we need to offer. That's how we get paid. Yep. Um, no more um, apt than what we've just been through to understand that. Um, but about how we can prepare. Um, so we had six weeks off, no contact, and then we had three and a half weeks of prep but only two and a half weeks of contact prep and they come out and perform like they do um so you sort of do beg the question why do we make them hit each other for three or four months straight before we get into round one yep it does uh uh yeah it it, it, uh it'll change slightly the way that i did pre-season yeah. Robbo, did you have any fears, just as a rugby league tragic yourself? I mean, you're a coach, you're a father, you're a family man, but at the end of the day, you love this game and given a lot to it. Did you have any fears with the change of leadership, change of rules, all the things that were going on in the background from a business perspective? At one stage, we had no TV deal, and that's where we get paid. Did you have fears that you sort of had to face? Oh, there's definite, there was definite questions about, you know, what you value and and, you know, the difference between your needs and wants. I think we, a lot of people around the world have had to reflect on that. You know, I, you know, I really need this for my family and to live day to day, but the wants that I search for that aren't that important, you know, what am I wasting money or time on those sort of things? Um, and I think that came with the possibility of, uh, income and livelihood going away. Um, and then when it came to leadership, um, thought, I mean, the leadership's been world class, you know, yeah. in the, in the way that, um, the Absolutely. game has, uh, handled the situation, been visionary about, um, about the way to lead out before people could see it, before they could lead us towards and out of COVID, uh, before the, you know, before even a lot of intelligent people around our sporting world even could see it. Uh, and Vlandis has taken a very much of a lead role in all of that. Mm. And I think some of the uh, the restraints that are on some competitions, some codes, uh, and some organisations just get broken down by the simplicity of rugby league and the mm. thought of, come on, let's go, let's get on with it. We The, the, the roll up your sleeves and move on has played right into the hands of rugby league. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and that's been our strength. Yeah. It's been our strength. Uh, and people have noticed. Yeah. Without a doubt, we've had people 
uh, in Australia and other codes notice. Mm. People around the world have noticed. Yeah, global. Yeah. And it's been a real positive for rugby league. Well, mate, speaking of all things positive, our squad, forget about 1 to 17, 1 through about 1 to 22 or 1 to 20, it looks like we've, we've got a great rotation there. Uh, at the moment, Robbo, it's a good problem to have. You've got, you know, we had JWH missing last night. Obviously, Orbo coming back, uh, you know, and then we missed Teddy last week. It's uh, a, yeah. it's we're we're, we're looking you, good, aren't we? And you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I said, look, I've got about twenty-two guys that should be playing every single week. Um, um, they're they're regular starting first graders, so I've got to make sure that I um, respect them and make sure that they're playing, but then also. Um, continue to get guys to fight for their position. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a credit to sort of themselves to get themselves into that position, but then also the staff to, to get these guys ready. Uh, a couple of standouts, and this is one from fans, and there's been a couple of questions about this young player. I predicted he may be a chance of wearing the maroon jumper at the end of the year, but Lindsay Collins, mate, he, he's been unbelievable since we've returned from the break. Any words on him and his performances thus far? Yeah, I think it's uh, for us. It's not surprising. We've seen him develop uh, over the last couple of years, and very unlucky not to play in some big games in the last couple of years. Yep. Um, and it's the maturity of a, a front rower. We 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 know the age at which they come on. Uh, we get spoiled by some guys coming on when they're eighteen or nineteen, but around twenty four is when they start to mature. And, you know, the guy has worked so hard um, in every area of the game to, 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 to develop. So it's, um, there's no, no surprising us when, it's, when we see Lindsay play like he does. Yeah. Mate, and he'll bring a new sponsorship from Colgate because he's tough <laughs> as teeth. <laughs> and he's missing a couple too. Well, that was my other point. That was subtle. Um, Robbo, the Morris twins. I mean, if you wanted to get a description of these guys, if you had to give a one-word answer in a game show... It'd be back to the future. That's but, three words, Bush. <laughs> well, three words. But, uh, mate, they are just, um, you know, they just keep producing at a level that is expected of much younger Morris twins, and we've already seen it. It must be really pleasing to see that transition so fast. Yeah, I think just the, the clarity on what's needed on a footy field is, is there. They know how to play in all different situations. They know how to act. Uh, and then... My role and the, the staff's role is to teach them the rooster style and then on the back of that is to create an environment where they play the best footy they've ever played. Yep. It's not about trying to teach them something brand new and all of that. They've just got to adapt to the rooster style and we create an environment that is, um, that's going to breed their best footy that they've played. Just on that point, obviously their old man Slippery played at the club in yep. in the eighties. I was actually the ball boy when he was running around. Did did that have any influence on the, like you talk about the Roosters style of play? You know, he, he was there when we were quite a successful team. Did you have a conversation with the old man? No, I didn't. Didn't speak to Slippery at all. But Brett, uh, Josh, and I have sort of spoken about the fact that I did play in the jersey, um, um, and just that was. Uh, it's, it's not a bad way for all three of them to have worn the jersey at some stage. They're part of on the wall now. I think he might have been 
uh, Dalian win, win, Winger of the Year he in was. 1985. Well, he would have been at the Dragons. I think he came in 86, but he was part of that really successful side we had in 87 yeah. um, when Arthur coached. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he... Canberra. He, he, uh, yeah, but he was definitely part of that side. Yeah, he was he was uh, Winger of the Year in, in one of those years. So he's on yeah. our wall. So, um, yeah. He was That's also amazing. a Cleo centerfold, Robert. Was he? True story, uh, yep. I'll ask the, the boys about that. Yeah, you'll have to. That'll be a bit of uh, trivia for them. Mate, yeah. uh, Teddy, last night in your post-match interview, you know, you, you, you know, you spoke so highly of Teddy, and for obvious reasons, you know, the way he looks up, looks down, uses his feet. Last night, I've never seen a player sidestep the football and a player and then catch it and keep running. He's doing some incredible feats, and he's an amazing athlete. Can, can you compare Teddy to anyone else uh, that you've seen in the past or currently? Well, that's the, the good thing. We're starting to talk to Te- about Teddy. We're trying not to compare him. He's yep. starting to become his own style of a player. Yeah. And that's really important. There's too many times we try, and it's easy for us to attach him to some other player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it does that player in, in injustice. So Teddy was starting to see him as, you know, his own, his own style of a player. Um, the percussions are on at the moment. Um, yeah, so, and that's the, the beauty of Teddy is, um, so there's two parts to a player. Uh, they're going to have a really strong foundation of uh, skills in attack and defence, and then they've got to have the freedom to bring their own personality out on top of that. Um, and I think you can see that in bucket loads with Teddy. He ticks all the boxes that a traditional fullback should tick, Know whether it's um, uh, bringing the ball back out of the backfield, whether it's support play around the ruck, whether it's um, direction on um, sweeping lines out the back of shape in good ball, uh, whether it's defensive organisation uh, at the end of you know organising the whole defensive line, cover tackles, try saves. So that's that's one hundred and one in being a fullback, yep. uh, and then on top of that, he. He's got his own style, the footwork, the class, the one-hand pass, the, um, you know, just the, the, the flick or a kick or, or, or different things. And it's to mess those two together, then you start getting talked about in your own terms. Mm. Now, Robbo, our halves pairing, and I'd, I'd throw Victor Radley into the mix. He's playing, seems like a second 5-8, but more importantly, the, the in particular the last two weeks, Kyle Flanagan, mate, he's been exceptional in and around the ruck. We've actually got a question all the way from Holland, and it's uh, it's actually a good question. What initially made Flano the right option to replace Cooper? And that's from Dills. Dills in Holland, mate. Dills. Um, so we wanted to uh, we wanted to develop players in our system. So that, that was key to get them young and develop through. Um, we didn't want – we had dominant players in Tedesco and Kiri in the halves, in those roles. So we didn't want someone to override them. We wanted someone to assist them. Uh, so we wanted a player that was good at organising, um, good at a uh, good skill set, um, and could do a really good job at kicking the ball into the right areas as well. Um, and that would develop with them and complement them. And so we've been, uh, you know, it's been a really good start. It's been... Um, um, he's worked really hard at it, and you know that's why we're seeing the style of play that we are at the moment. 
And where have you seen the biggest improvements in his game from when he arrived at the club to now, Robbo? I think two areas. I think um, the low tackle that he had to yep. uh, put on for Tilly Mariner a few times. Yep. You know, I feel like his defence has improved each week and he's working really hard on it. And I think his kicks are getting into better positions um, over the last um, two weeks especially. Robbo, one more player. That we, the players we haven't mentioned, uh, you know, and some of them listen to this podcast, that's because we have an expectation they play the Roosters style of footy. So no disrespect to the, the non-mentioned. But one one more for mention, and he's been playing out of his skin, Angus Crichton. You know, interviewed yeah. last night, said, it took me a couple of years to get used to Roosters style of footy. And does that make you proud to understand that players get it? They know it's different. They feel it. And now the results are there. Yeah, it's hard when a guy come, comes across like Angus and, you know, he's such a good player already, mm. um, but you're sort of there. It's hard to see the subtle differences and that's why it's hard for people to commentate on or, or, or do that. And then for Gus to work as hard as what he has um, and that's why he's put himself in such a great position uh, at the moment. So, you know, I think you can see by the way that they're talking and even much as I'm proud of Lindsay or Kyle or Petty or whatever, we don't feel like we're in this purple patch. Yep. We just feel like we're playing footy. It's not this, this you know, euphoria. It's about, will we expect to play this way if we do our job well? Um, and, and I think that's what guys like Angus and, and all of that, we're not, guys aren't playing out of their skin. They're playing the style of footy that we want to play. So it, therefore, it's repeatable often, um, and that's really key. We're not getting carried away. We're not, you know, jumping for joy after games, or we're really content. Uh, and we're we're analysing. Like so, today we sat down and said, "Rodio, what what do we like? Okay, what are the things we need to improve on um, for next week?" And that's and that's how we feel about it. Yep. Hey, Robert. Do you get dirty in the box like when you see a small error like that? I mean, there's a couple of notable errors last night in that 20 minutes where you talked about in the press yeah. conference. Do you blow up? Do you do you let off steam in the box? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I sort of go. like Because you want the guys to turn it around. Like it's not – it's never everlasting, but you, you're sort of there going, come on. You know, you like everybody, come on. We've yeah. had two of those in a row. We should, you know, we should do better on this one. Like we can't keep it happening or – you know, there's there's stuff that you commentate in the box, yeah. But that doesn't mean you send out a message that's that's reflecting your emotion. Sometimes it's your emotion, and you should just keep it to yourself in the box <laughs> yeah. and not pass it down to the bench or the players. Um, yeah. So it's key to work out what what do you pass on, and what's just you expressing your emotion uh, that no one else needs to hear. <laughs> and obviously there was a little bit of a hiccup with the the, time, the timing of the match during due to what happened with um, the, the COVID breakout at yeah. the school, but did that kind of unsettle or, you know, does it change the way you approach Monday night and then and, um, and then look forward to probably Saturday night? Yeah, not – it made no difference at all, to be honest, none. Not even with the five-day turnaround, Robbo, that extra day of rest for the, the physicality? No. Because what, like, it doesn't, you know, just, like, there's nothing we can do about it. Yep. So, you know, there's, 
like if we had to play on Friday, we'd play on Friday. If we if we can't do anything about it, then just get ready. So begs the question, it was such an enjoyable weekend because footy was on from Friday to Monday. Um, yeah. we, we topped it off with our beloved Roosters. Does it beg the question that Monday footy's back, baby, boy order of Trent Robinson? Because there's only one more man important than you. <laughs> That's Nick Politis and one more important than him, Peter Vlandis. I reckon we can get this done. I don't... Uh, I... <laughs> I don't know. So Monday night footy ended up becoming a long weekend of footy for the footy guys. Right. Yeah, right. You, you guys might have enjoyed it, but it ended up going forever. Yeah, that, and that's so, what the fans. That's funny from the from the outside looking in. It's perfect. From the inside out, it's probably a bit long, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, yeah, that was how we felt about it, but um, still very enjoyable. The uh, um, to play on a Monday night. As soon as we got it moved. We we get we went into team video and we made a bit of we we got a uh, we got an NFL Monday night footy um, promo out um, and played it to them just to just to you know a couple of minutes of uh, Monday night footies back uh, to add a bit of fun to it. So. Yeah. Now Robo Saturday night we take on uh, the uh, top of the table Eels will be a mouth watering match just off the back of your comments just earlier. Where do we need to improve? Oh, there's, you know, we're not where we want to be by the end of the year. So, you know, it doesn't matter who we're playing this weekend. We would, uh, like there was some things we had to try on the left edge uh, that we want to improve on, some of the things that, that led to that. Um, movements were better this week than last week, um, but there was a couple of areas there where we think we could have adapted a bit quicker to what they were doing. Um, you know, there's a bit about... Um, consistency um, around our sort of movements uh, throughout the whole game. So yeah, there's lots of areas. You know, it's like the it's like the it's, it's an unfinished masterpiece. That's what you're going to keep painting over it and over and over it um, to try and get make it better. And that's um, that, that, there's no difference on Saturday. Now, Robbo, before we go to our final two fun questions from uh, some people you know well. As the Roosters coach, you know, we also we, we saw the impact of COVID and TV deals and everything else. Our club needs support. Have you got a message for the fans? Joe Kelly, come on board and put a great message to support our club, support our players, get back to the league club and, uh, you know, use our facilities. What's the message from our coach? Yeah, I just, look, I, we represent you. You know, we're here because you want to sign up as a member, you want to turn up to our clubs, you want to turn up to the games, you want to buy our merchandise, and you want to feel a part of what we feel. You want to, you want a part of Boyd Cordner in the ticket that you buy or the, the, the jersey that you put on. Um, and that hasn't changed. We, we, we may not see you at the ground anymore, but we do feel you by your presence in all those other areas. So um, still be a rooster. It's still a really important time. We feel you. We know it's tough uh, for some, but um, yeah, we we feel like we're doing you guys proud, and um, we feel your support. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so support the club in as many ways as possible. Great words there, Robbo. Last question from me, Robbo. Now this comes from a uh, an old old Balmain man that knows you from a, a long time ago, who rated you as a cricketer. And he, uh, he asked a question, if you would have stuck with cricket, do you think you could have paired with Brett Lee as opening bowler for Australia? Who asked it? <laughs> the great Keithy Perkins. We, uh, yeah, Keith, we would have played a Green Shield game with Brett at Peter Shimovil, I would say, uh, against Keith's son, Troy. Yeah. Um, uh, Brett was a lot sharper than I was. 
uh, and a lot more dangerous. But uh, I love my cricket, really loved it. Um, it's just, uh, it was sort of my main sport as a kid. Uh, and you never know, you never know where you sort of uh, would have got to. But um, I wish it was one of those sports where you have to choose. You had to choose. It wasn't like you could keep playing. I went and played for East for a couple of years, for a year. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the, it was amazing to watch a guy like Brett Lee and the difference, the separation between him and us. And then there was no doubt that he was sort of headed for something special. He was quite unique in the absolute sharpness and fear he used to put into uh, opposition batsmen. I've got this great vision, just as you tell that story, Robbo, of a young Trent Robinson, St. Greg's, you know, bit of a Westie at heart. A mullet. Got the, got the mullet with the gold chains, you know, got the grey nickels whites on, the, the, the red stain down like there. Like a St. Greg's Tiger just, King. Just coming in full steam from the uh, the Parramatta Road end there at Petersham Oval. Gold chain bouncing go. on the chin. No gold chain and undercuts, but <laughs> everything else was the same. Yeah, nice. Robbo, finally from Brett Gillard, uh, last night post-game, he said, you're plumber, of course, uh, Mighty Paddington Colt, strength and conditioning coach, uh, said to me that the shirt you're wearing didn't do justice to the training he knows you do, and he wants to know if you have been doing all your push-ups that you are expected to do during the COVID period. <laughs> I've been doing my best. I've been doing my best. It's been hard. I was much I was much freer during ISO than I am at the moment in this bubble of, of roosters. I can't go out for a – you're not allowed to go out for a walk on your yeah, own at right. the moment. yeah. Well, that's true. So I'll, I'll um I'll get back onto them or choose a better shirt, one or the other. <laughs> well, the mighty Gillies just turned fifty, mate, and there's not a fitter bloke at fifty as we both know. But uh, he was just a bit worried. I said I'll speak to the coach and I'll uh, make sure he's back on track. It's great to hear you. I'll get on back track. into it, Gilly. Good on you, mate. Robo, we want to thank you, mate. On behalf of the fans, behalf of Roosters Radio, you know we're you know so pleased that we've got such an accessible coach. Um, we've got such a calm coach, and uh, mate. You know, long live your success. You really are leaving a legacy here. I think as, you know, as, as business owners, shop owners, locals, fans, blue-collar workers, crane drivers, bus drivers, the common man, you're really galvanising our community and collectively just want to thank you for uh, for the great job you're doing because it, it's a great time to be a rooster. Yeah, enjoying it. Proud to be coaching them and uh, long way to go. East to win, Robbo. East to win. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Thanks coach. Well, Roosters fans, each week on Roosters Radio, we like to be different. Tonight, we're taking a trip down memory lane with fellow Roosters Tragic and current CEO of ACFS Port Logistics, Arthur Zaneros. Arthur is a long-term sponsor of the club and currently our dynamic fullback, James Tedesco's sponsor. Artie, how are you, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad. Great to be on the show. Yeah, mate. Great to have you on. Now, uh, mate, we had a great chat, Silky and I, to you about you know, having an initiative of talking to people about their favourite rooster memories and what made them a rooster. And here we are live having this discussion now. Mate, let's kick it off. Tell us about your love of the roosters. Yeah, look, I've probably got a little bit of a secret that uh, not many people know about, and that is um, I probably wasn't born a rooster. I, I probably wavered between uh, Parramatta and the roosters up until 1986. Um, and that year, funny enough, uh, Parra won the comp. They had an amazing team throughout the 80s, and I was wavering between the two. Probably became a, um, a strong and loyal rooster supporter in um, 87 when I was about nine years old. Yep. And... That was due to probably going down to Henson Park, the old oh, Henson Park before, how good was before that? Um, the Sydney Football Stadium. And um, that's where um, my love of the game really grew. And I became a, a real 
Roosters supporter, as they say. Probably the favourite moment in that year was a semi-final uh, against Canberra, I think it was from memory, which I think we'd lost that game. It was, it was a tight one, but we lost. And um, I, had a, I had a massive red, white and blue flag made by my grandmother. <laughs> that was far, far bigger than I ever was at, at that age. And I hit a Canberra fan in the head unintentionally. <laughs> And um, we uh, <laughs> that started all, all emotions spilt over in uh, in the stands. I had no idea what was going on, but um, I knew at that point that I was a rooster for life, and I loved it. Artie, were you a rooster booster, or hanging around with Mayor Brian if you got the flags and, and all the uh, all the regalia? We were hanging over that side of Hanson Park because I got to say, mate, I, I was the ball boy in '87, and there was it was such a great community ground to, to play in front of. Yeah, mate, it was. Look, uh, hanging around, you know what what's probably known as the Chook Pen today, hanging around that crowd. Um, was always my favourite growing up. So there's, there's a few mad ones amongst that group, but um, that's that's what it's all about. Artie, would you love to see a game, uh, albeit a trial or you know even a, a nines match? Would you like to see that just for nostalgia perspective? Go back and play a game at Henson. Mate, I'd lo- I'd love to see it. I, I think that's genuine rugby league, and, and to some extent, I, I love you know seeing some games down at Leichhardt and, you know, those old older stadiums. Whilst they don't have the facilities, it just brings the people closer and, and brings back, you know, the, the real rugby league. Mate, uh, Silky being from a very entrepreneurial family, uh, mate, used to acquire some corner posts in his time and made a fortune selling them <laughs> at school, but sometimes people got there before him. You ever get a corner post, a black and white corner post? Mate, I did. I used to hit people with it, so... <laughs> Now, fast forward, Artie, you've got a very successful business, ACFS. It's a transport and logistics company. But uh, most importantly, you've been supporting the Roosters for a number of years. In fact, you were on the back of the jumper when we won the premiership in 2013 and uh, even up until now, you're, you're uh, Teddy's sponsor. But tell us a bit the story of how ACFS got involved with the Roosters. Yeah, look, it probably goes back a little bit further than that. Our family sort of had a, a long association with the Roosters through a previous company called AGS World Transport. Um, they used to... They started out sponsoring uh, Ricky Stewart back in the day, back in the early 2000s. I think it was 202, 203, somewhere thereabouts. And uh, they actually became a jumper sponsor in um, 2008 yeah. till 2011. And then I think uh, ACFS took over in 2012 and uh, we won that competition in 2013, which was um, obviously a highlight. Artie, uh, your all-time favourite rooster? Look, I've, I've probably got two standouts, so I wouldn't say I've got one. Freddie Fittler uh, definitely is, is right up there. Also, the Count, um, Anthony Minicello. So probably they're, they're two, my two standouts. But I've also been asked most recently, who's your, your favourite player? And I've actually spoken about someone that's not a player, and that's Robbo, um, our coach, our great coach, who I think is a standout as well. You get no arguments from us, no, none at all, mate. We've actually got a photo of Robbo uh, up in the in the studio here, and uh, Silky sort of looks at it in religious religious <laughs> connotation. So it's, it's pretty good, mate. It's not as good as our nerd of Boyd Cordner, but no anyway. Uh, do you want to talk about your player sponsor, James Tedesco, and in particular his performance last night? Couple of tries, twelve line breaks, set up a couple. Uh, what a performance! Yeah, look, look, my, I, I probably personally rate him as the best player in the world at the moment, and. Um, you know, I sort of um, have, have had a, a very high opinion of Teddy as a player and a person for a long time. I, I guess the history with, you know, my involvement with Teddy, um, I had a personal view and I'd, I'd sort of share it with anyone that had listened that Teddy was probably the most important signing since Brad Fittler and the Roosters in my generation. And um, when I was tipped off that Teddy was coming, what was in the sights of the club, 
I did speak to uh, Luke Rickardson, being a board member, and said, look, if there's any way that I could assist in, in getting into the club in, in a sponsorship manner, it'd be great to do so. And that's how the uh, association started. But um, look, T- Teddy's, Teddy's um, you know, he's, he's already won two comps since he's arrived at the club and seen success straight away. And I, I, I just think he, he's such an integral part of the team at the moment. Yeah, he certainly is, Artie, and, and I've got to tell you, last night's performance, I mean, Teddy was an absolute standout, but as a fellow rooster, you must be just so proud. I mean, you've seen blokes like Lindsay Collins, the Morris twins, you know, Flano at half is just in real control, Kiri's at his, you know, artful dodger, like magician best. I mean, it just keeps going on. It's a great time to be a rooster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, know, you know, I genuinely believe we're, we're building quite nicely. You know, Robbo talks about building blocks and things like that, but... We're building quite nicely into this season. Bit of a rocky start, but um, I think we're on our way for a Roosters three-peat. That was my next question, Artie. With the performance we've seen over the last three weeks uh, in the uh, you know in the vein of the Chicago Bulls, we've all been watching the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance. Can you can you see a, a Roosters trilogy on the cards? I don't see any reasons why not. You know, unless the injury starts to get a, a lot of a lot of our players. There's so much depth in this team, and they're, and they're playing such a a good style of football since since the break. Um, mm. So uh, look, I don't see any reason why the Roosters can't do it and, and potentially you know celebrate another end of season celebration or World Cup challenge. Artie, we talk about benchmarking. You know, we know you've had some great success in business. Uh, you know, we know that you know you're running a great ship over at ACFS. Um, you're a big fan of Robbo's, as are we. And, and you know, we talk to a lot of fellow um, you know fans who have their own businesses and stuff. Say. You know, I base myself a bit on Trent Robbins. We know we're not playing footy games, but we have got teams. The analogy of uh, sport and business really collide well. Do you benchmark yourself against Robbo, or happen to know you're a fan of the Roosters board, and and, and you know, one day you'll probably be on there? But hopefully, you got our vote anyway. Uh, do you benchmark? Uh, look, absolutely. Just from a benchmarking perspective, um, you know, we measure everything we do in business every day, and you know, you have to give individuals targets. You have to give teams some targets. So they, they can either achieve and or exceed the expectations of the business. We've got 1,200 people in our workforce, so it's really important that our communication is clear, consistent, transparent. And, you know, I guess our business is um, built on people and uh, not one individual. So, look, it's not dissimilar to the way the Roosters are run as a club, from from the, from the board down to, through the front office there with Joe Kelly, Jared Johnson, and, and, and down to the coach and the, and the team. So... You know, it takes a collective effort and, you know, we, we do benchmark with, with, with everything that we do. And what about our uh, divine leader, Mr Nick Politis? Have you got ambitions maybe of uh, maybe taking that seat one day that is held in that boardroom? Uh, look, it's um, I, I definitely have ambitions to uh, to join the board. Um, it'd be a, a privilege and uh, a responsibility that I wouldn't take lightly. Nick and the board have built an enviable uh, football club, an organisation, probably more than a football club, so... It's um, it's important to the success of the Roosters from you know that that you know people continue that that success ongoing. Artie, it must be said, the head of the NRL, Peter Vlandis, is a Greek. The head of the uh, Sydney Roosters, Chairman Nick Politis, is a Greek. And uh, mate, the head of our sponsorship crew, yourself, is Arthur Zaniros, a fellow Greek. It's all Greek to us. Is there a pattern there that we need to know about? 
Uh, look, it's, uh, it seems like a fairly strong pattern, and let's hope it continues uh, uh, that the Greeks are able to lead the way in the NRL at all levels. Absolutely. Artie, really appreciate your time here on Roosters Radio. Last chance, mate, for a plug, uh, ACFS Transport and Logistics. Look, we're the, we're the leaders in our industry in joining uh, the Roosters um, in leading the way in the competition. East to win. East to win. And I can vouch for ACFS Transport as a former Wharfie down there at Port Botany. I used to get driven mad by the number of trucks. So they deliver door to door. And, uh, yep, if you'd ever need some uh, transport logistics, contact ACFS. Artie, thanks again for uh, joining us on Roosters Radio. Thanks again, gents. See you soon. See you, Thanks, Artie. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And Bush, I've got to say, thoroughly enjoying uh, tonight's show. I, th- I think that chat that we've had with Trent Robinson, look, it's a, it's a deep dive. It's a, it was a long a long interview. And I have to say, even catching up with Artie Zaneros there, talking about his beloved time at uh, Henson Park, yeah, I've got some fond memories. memories too there, mate. Yeah, mate. Trip down memory lane is so good. It doesn't matter which Roosters fan we talk to. I just love hearing everyone's different memories because you kind of relate or you're really there at that game or you remember being at that. What's your first Rooster memory? My first Roosters memory is a Sydney sports ground. Yep. Um, Kevin Hastings was playing, and I was always fascinated with Captain Rooster. I was only young. I was oh, Brian. Seven or eight. Brian. Uh, and I know Brian at the moment is having a bit of a difficult time. So Roosters fans out there, he's got a uh, GoFundMe page, uh, which we'd love you to support because he's synonymous with our club. And I used to love how he would on that, what would you call it, the South... Yeah, the South... The, no, the no, southwestern north corner. North north, yeah, Northwest. Sorry, the Northwestern corner it would be. He would just be in that stand with a whole... Uh, gallery of people, and he was just going crazy. And I used to look. Well, at they were rooster boosters back then. They were, mate. And you know that was the memories of that. Uh, you know, what uh, about his kids playing during the halftime? You know, do you remember playing the, oh, mate, we the games it. during the before and the halftime? What about playing our grand finals at that sports yeah, ground? And yeah. Kevin Hastings gives you your medals afterwards, whether you won or whatever. I can tell you, one of the earliest memories I have was um, it would have been nineteen probably eighty three, eighty four. Laurie Fryer was the actual coach. Yep. And my dad took me to the dressing room. I remember meeting Brian Johnson, blonde-headed centre, if, yep. if you remember him. But that's probably one of the earliest memories of, you know, not playing there or, or being at the ground, but actual rooster memory is, yeah. is meeting him. And, and in the dressing room, my grandfather used to take me in too. And in the dressing room, he had uh, Bunny Riley on the wall and a few different, you know, uh, different posters of the roosters. Remember the guy that you ran through and played? No, of that's what I was going to say. One of my earliest memories is just watching the players run through the butcher's paper. That's it, the yeah. butcher's paper. That was amazing. That was one of my favourite memories. Uh, lots to like, Silky. This week, Parramatta Reels, we're going to bring the show home. Uh, you're going out there to the game with the family? Yeah, mate, can't wait. Uh, lucky enough to get some tickets as a member. So I'm uh, taking the family out to Parramatta and my, my two daughters are absolutely ecstatic to be able to watch all their favourite players, Teddy. So uh, hopefully Teddy can repeat his performance from Monday night and, uh, you know, <laughs> have a similar game this Saturday night. I tell you what, it's going to be a cracking game of football. But Silky, we've had two amazing guests on tonight. It's been a fantastic show. It's been a really enjoyable show. I think we've got some great insights from both you know, our coach, Trent Robinson. And and the course, fans, Bush. And the fans, some great questions to keep them coming. And want to thank Arthur Zaneros too for, you know, his great interview and taking us down memory lane about his favourite times as a rooster as a kid. I love the story about the flag into the Canberra fan and <laughs> then it erupts. And, uh, you know, many more to come. Righto, mate. Put you on the spot. Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff or thereabouts. How do you see it? Yeah, I think we're going to be a bit tight. I think Parramatta have had a chance to watch some videos over the last couple of weeks. But I don't think they're going to be able to stop it. So I'm calling Roosters 26, Parramatta 12. Yeah, I like it. I think it's going to be a bit tighter than, than usual. I still think there's going to be points scored. And with that, I'm going Roosters 18, Parramatta 14. Wow. Very close one. 
That's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. Once again, we'd like to thank our very special guest, the one and only coach, Trent Robinson, and of course, Artie Zaniros from ACFS Port Logistics. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. Now, before we go, Bush, you got something to say? From ball boy to boardroom, east to win. Yeah. Uh-huh.